Hello and welcome to The Sweetest Little Life. I am so glad you're here. I am your host, Courtney Hansen. With each week, we will have exciting new guests to grow spiritually, develop personally, and learn how to step into our purpose authentically. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the next 30 minutes of connection with the mind, body, and spirit. If you guys are interested in signing up for the Adventure Challenge, just head to www.theadventurechallenge.com and use code Courtney, C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y 15. Again, that's Courtney 15 at checkout and start adventuring. What this is, is it's a book that you get to scratch off an adventure at random, go, go out with your family and experience what spontaneity truly is. You have no idea what the adventure is. It comes with a snap camera, which is super fun. So you can take a picture of your adventure and then put it in the book. It is amazing. Head on over and check it out and get your fun on. Hello and happy Monday. I am so excited that you're here with us today and I am even more excited for our guest. We have Lorraine Laddish on the show today and she is amazing. She is 58 years old and has reinvented herself and is the most inspirational woman ever. And I'm just so thrilled that she's going to be on the show today. But before we hop into the interview, I wanted to share with you something. So I always do a little uh, card draw before I do interviews just to kind of guide me as a collective, inspire me to ask certain questions. And I normally don't share this on the show, but I felt today so called to share this because it was just so perfect for our conversation. So the card was play is my pathway to joy. And I wanted to read with you just a little passage that came up and If you're feeling stuck lately and you're feeling very serious and heavy, I just encourage you to take time to cultivate some joy within your life, cultivate some play and have some fun, like lighten up a little bit and just know that like, if we're not finding joy within the journey, then what's the point? You get to the goal and then what? So enjoy every step. So if you're taking it too seriously, here's your sign to lighten up. Many of us could use more playtime in our lives. If we march through our days being too serious, we dampen our joy, which is vital to our beauty and our feminine nature. Now is the time to embrace your playful innocence. Give yourself permission to live fully in pursuit of what makes you feel joyful. The moments when you struggle with play or joy are opportunities to feel what is really going on inside. Notice your tendencies to tighten up. Then wholeheartedly invite blissful joy into every cell of your being. You have an unlimited capacity to receive and express this lighter energy. Enjoy the pleasures of life without guilt, compromise, or excuses. Allow curiosity to fill your eyes with wonder. Be like a child playing in the sand with no fear of the waves sweeping away your castle. Over time, a happier outlook will become your home base. Play more and dazzle the world with your charm. And so with that is a little ritual that I thought would be really fun as we go into a new week. Um, I have been working weekends lately like crazy, and it's been insane. So Mondays have been my R&R time to just recharge. 
And it's important that we allow ourselves that permission to rest and recharge without guilt. Because if we don't and we keep pushing and pushing and pushing, what happens is burnout. And burnout can completely destroy you. Um, So this is your chance to just be lighthearted and playful as you create your own sacred joy ritual. So take a moment to remember something you loved doing when you were little. So if you close your eyes and you go back, imagine time, the first time that pops in your head, maybe you're eight, maybe you're 10. What are you doing? Are you outside riding your bike? Are you painting? Are you riding a horse? Are you just dancing? Are you throwing flour in the kitchen, baking? Like what was your jam? You can write about it in your journal or simply contemplate on the memory and then get into a space of being carefree, whimsical, and light up that spark. So a few ideas. You can sing your favorite songs from childhood or make up some new songs. You can pretend you're playing a face paint or makeup for the first time. You can aimlessly swing on a swing as high as you possibly can go and then jump off and fall in the sand. You can say yes to an exciting adventure you've been thinking about. Go outside and flop around in cartwheels and handstands and fall on your face and just be silly and have fun. As adults, we forget that we need this play in our life. You will be amazed at the creativity that is cultivated from allowing yourself this space of freedom and this space to just play. So funny story, when I was younger, (laughs) I thought I was going to be a singer, right? And so and at the time, like rap was just becoming super popular, like Eminem had just like hit the scene, right? And so <laughs> me and a girlfriend decided that we were going to be, we were going to be rappers, like famous rappers. And so we would sit for hours, like giggling and writing these rap songs. And I still remember one. It was so funny. I was like 10 and knew nothing of love. And I was like rapping about love, right? And having my heart broken and all the things. Um, but looking back on that, it just makes me smile. And even now, like I'll make up silly songs with my daughter or play and it allows me to tap in to that space of not having to be so serious all the time. And if you want to talk about glow up, like this is a way to get your ultimate glow up on. So with that being said, here's a woman in her fifties who completely reinvented her life. She's 58 and she is slaying. Let's introduce Lorraine. Lorraine, I'm so excited that you are on the show today. How are you? I am very well, thank you. How are you? So good. And I have been so excited for this conversation. You have no idea. I was so sad when I was sick last week. (laughs) Oh, goodness. I hope you're better. (laughs) Yes. So I always kick off the podcast and I just like to hear your story and what got you doing the work that you're doing. How did you step into your purpose? So uh, being 58 years old, it is a long story, so I'll try to cut it short. Um, I, what I feel that I do is go through experiences that I can later share with people and say, if I was able to overcome this, and I will explain what a few of those things are, so can you. Um, At 58 and on looking back, my life and the work I've done, I feel that I was always a communicator. But the way that this has happened or the way that I was doing it has evolved because when I started out and I wrote and published my first book, I was 29 going on to 30. And this means there was no internet. So 
basically um, when people tell me that I have reinvented myself over and over, it is not really true. What happened was that I have changed the medium in which I was already doing certain things. Uh, I believe that, and, and I have thought of it a lot, like when things have happened to me in my life and, and it, doesn't ha it doesn't mean that it was the worst thing or, or that other people don't go through um, you know, more turbulent or deeper traumas. It just means that the ones that I went through um, are the ones that I'm meant to share with, with the world, possibly, and just say, again, if I grew up without a mother, so can you. If I had an eating disorder that lasted 20 years, including body dysmorphia, a major depressive disorder, and anxiety, and I overcame that and have another 20 years of uh, not acting any of that out, so can you. If I was a single mom on welfare at 46, with two little kids and, you know, didn't know where I was going, but managed to make a living full time online. And now I'm 58. I'm still doing that. So can you um, and a number of other things. So that's kind of the way that I stepped into that, though, was that I was born into a family of uh, creatives, of writers. My grandfather was a writer and an artist. My father is a writer. And I always wanted to write. But I realized, I, I thought that you had to be a novelist to be a real writer. And as I battled, um, you know, eating disorder and depressive disorder and, and all these other things as I grew up and, you know, dropped out of college and um, used running and yoga and any other kind of body activity to stave off my demons, I kind of realized that until I told my own story, I couldn't. I couldn't write anything else. And mm. I was 29 and I thought, wow, I'm going to turn 30. And I saw it as a good thing back then. I, I still th don't think of age as, a, as something that's horrible, um, you know, to be older. And I did think, though, that I wanted to do something major, something big for me before I turned 30. And that was write and publish my first book. And it was about my eating disorder and all my other disorders. <laughs> in a time when that was not something people talked about. And, and I think that's how I did it. Um, I don't know. I just felt like I was arriving at a certain time in my life that I thought I need to do this. And I did. Yeah. Well, you're amazing. Um, you. I think we all are. <laughs> yes. We all are. <laughs> so I would love to hear, you said you grew up without a mom. I grew up without a mom. So that always mm -hmm. is a, perks my ears up to hear other people's experiences with that. Well, because um, I feel that to this day, it's my one possibly unresolved issue in my life. And that maybe I'll, you know, I'll die like that. Um, but that it's also okay. It's, mm -hmm. it's um, my parents were parents very young. My mother was 20 when she had me. I did not become a mom until I was 37. So that is a big difference. And um, my parents divorced or separated when I was four or five. And there is alcoholism on my mother's side. Later after the divorce, well, I ended up with my father and my abuelita in Spain. I'm, I'm half Spanish, half American, and I grew up in Pennsylvania. Was born in Spain, grew up in Pennsylvania, but after the separation... 
I am, my sister and I end up with my dad in, in Spain and with my grandmother, and she was the one who raised us. And then my mother was not really a part of my life. Um, and then when she was 28 and I was eight, she had a massive um, aneurysm, a mm. stroke, and it left her severely impaired. Uh, she's still alive, and I've tried to, you know, bring her back into my life unsuccessfully. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't know. And, but then I became the mother I didn't have. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and I, I feel, or at least I tried to. You know, so. Yes. Oh, thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that. I, I ask because, so in my mm -hmm. book, my book that's coming out um, in a month, uh, mm -hmm. there's a chapter all on healing the mother wound and my experience with that. And it, our, our stories are very, very similar. My grandmother and father raised me um, mm -hmm. until my grandma passed away. But um, when I was doing research, you know, uh, on the mother wound and healing the mother wound, and when I was doing my own ancestral healing, which is very vast, and it can feel very overwhelming, there was mm -hmm. this common denominator that kept coming up in no matter like, what religion, what culture, what spiritual, like, it, it was just always there. And it was really being able to come from that space of forgiveness and um, tapping into where they were at the age that the abandonment happened and when and what happened in their childhood and what was modeled for them and how we reparent ourselves and we become that mother to our children or to ourselves that we didn't have. And when I was able to tap into that space of forgiveness, it was very magical to let go of that resentment and stuff. And I know that mm -hmm. mother wound, father wound are very, 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 you know, I would say one in three people have experienced that. And so being able to tap into that space was just something very powerful for me. So I'm just curious, was there anything in particular that you did to help heal or I, I hate to say the word healed because I think we're always constantly on a healing journey. Um, but was there anything in particular that was very powerful for you to move forward in that? Yes. And it was uh, becoming a certified yoga teacher at the age of 54 or 55, I forget. And this late in the game, you know, it wasn't, it was something I, I always carried with me in different ways um, and tried to address through therapy and, you know, I've tried many, many times. But um, the thing is that when I lived in a culture that was different, you know, in, in Spain back then, it was very... Um, there was a stigma, a big stigma attached to divorce. Mm -hmm. And I often thought, and this is going to sound horrible, but I even wrote an article that had that, I started it out that way. And, and it was when I was a child, I other were dead. And this does not mean that I actually wished my own mother the way she is to actually be six foot under. It just means that for me as a child, I felt it, it was easier to deal with telling people, yeah, my mother died, than, oh, there's this mother I have, but this, there's this big mess, and I don't know where I stand with this. Mm -hmm. And my dad remarried, and, and the, my, my stepmother was only 10 years older, and my brother and sister are only 10 years younger. And, you know, this, this puts everyone, at least when you're a child, you know, in a very difficult situation. But when I was older, as you said, I started um, realizing as I lost friends to cancer, uh, friends younger than myself, and my own grandmother died, and you know, 
uh, I started realizing I cannot blame everything on my parents, just as you said. And when I started not doing, I've, I've always been a very physical person, but also a very spiritual and mental and emotional. I mean, I'm in touch with mm-hmm. all those things, which can be a, a benefit, but it can always also be a little bit of a drawback because <laughs> yes, I think, you know, <laughs> yes, I do. Because <laughs> you're aware, and you're aware, and there's you know nothing's going to take that away. So yeah. um, when I decided, you know, I'm not going to just practice yoga. I want to like embody it. I want to mm. find out more, and then you know, detachment and actually talking about what happened and and um, how I realized, wow, I'm not the only person who went through something traumatic, which I didn't even consider traumatic. I just thought it was, well, something that happened in my life. Um, I didn't realize how major it was until I was much, much older. But this this yoga teacher training where I started, I want to do 200 hours, right? And then um, it was so profound that I moved on to do the 500 hour training. And now I want to do, um, become a yoga therapist aside from being a writer and, you know, um, and I hate to say the word influencer, but content creator, what have you online. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that was it going through a yoga teacher training that was very heavy on the spiritual the mental the trauma um where did you go response and here in florida i live in florida now and um there's this fabulous place called uh heartwood yoga institute i believe is what the the url is and it is uh i went through a yoga teacher training aimed at women 50 and older Oh, okay. Not not so much for the physical part of it. I have a very, very strong practice for considering that I'm fifty eight. And um but it was it was more the again, the revisiting of our lives and where we stood now and, and, and since I was an older mother, I also sometimes don't have a lot in common with women my age because their kids are gone and you know, they they're older and I'm still you know, have a teen at home and but at the same time, it did, it did make, make me realize, wow, I've gone through all of this. And now at this point in my life, I don't regret or complain about any of it because without it, I wouldn't be the person I am today. I couldn't agree more. I um, what went through when I was in really uh, intense trauma therapy myself um, before I became their, their trauma therapist, I... Um, decided that I wanted to go to and my my teacher was in Barcelona which is why I was asking I was like what if we went to the same school (laughs) that would be so cool um I didn't do it in Spain oh but Lucas was my teacher and he changed my life it was um just the right time but it, it the yoga practice itself you know people think a lot of who haven't experienced it think it's just you know the physical aspect of it, but it's so much deeper. And people ask me, they're like, what saved you? I'm like, honestly, yoga saved my life because it taught me a discipline and it taught me to go within like nothing else in my life taught me. Mm -hmm. I agree. I have to agree. And interestingly, I found yoga when I was 13 and I still have the book that my father gave me to, to start, get started on it. But it wasn't until my 50s that I actually completely, you know, immerse myself in it. Yes, yes. So, okay, one, you're a badass. Let's talk about how you completely you. reinvented <laughs> yourself in your 50s. 
Because, yeah. you know, I, I really feel like 50 is the new 30 because I, 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 you know, I'm in my 30s and I feel like I'm just now at a point in my life where I'm starting to figure things out. Like my 20s, my early 30s, I was a hot mess. And so I feel like I'm just at like a kind of stable point. So I'm excited for that stage. But like reinventing and completely starting over is intense. So I saw that during the recession in 2008, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you had to completely start over. Can you share a little bit about what your journey looked like through that? Because how terrifying and you took it and owned it and made it your bitch. Like, I'm like, who does well, you? I'm a mother <laughs> by that. I mean, I've done it. I've reinvented, not reinvented. I've, I've, I've had, you know, uh, several very low points in my life, but this was the first one that I had as a mother and my kids yeah. were then uh, three and seven. Mm. And Four, five, six, seven, no, three and goodness, I can't remember. Wait, they're three years apart. So um, three and six, right? Goodness gracious, or four and, and seven. And yeah, four and seven. Okay, so the point being that um, I moved to the States. I'm half, I said again that I'm half Spanish, half American, but I had never lived in the States until I was 40, like for a long time. Maybe I stayed here for a year or whatever, but not not you know, for a long time. And I came here because my now ex-husband uh, got a job here. We moved from Seville, Spain, where my kids were both born. And um, although I, you know, speak English and Spanish and, and have both nationalities, what have you, but it was a whole different thing to navigate and come from being a published author in Spain where I was recognized and this and that to come here and be no one, I mean, that's very, you know, ego-centered, but it's true. I, I did feel like, wow, here I am, and, you know, now I'm just a mother in a suburb, and, and what am I going to do, and blah, blah. I already came here with a, you know, marriage that was not doing very well, but I, I because of what I had gone through as a kid, I thought, you know, I'm going to give this everything, because the last yeah. thing I want is to say I just left at the first, you know, chance, but I did not. I, I did a lot of things from therapy, marriage counseling, um our own my own therapy and seminars for improvement and and taking out loans to um keep the family going. my ex didn't have work and i mean all kinds of things that now i look back of course and, and say i would have done it differently but at one point both my now ex-husband and myself found ourselves um you know i was making a living as a as a writer again as a journalist i I networked really hard and fast and in the Hispanic community because I think we all need to figure out, you know, where where is my where are my people? And that that's where I could um, make friends and identify and, and um, get ahead faster and feel comfortable doing it and kept on writing books and, you know, raising my kids and all this. And then, um, yeah, there came the, the recession and there was a point where my ex-husband and I found that we had no savings. We had a bunch of debt. Uh, we were not okay. We were worse than ever. And I thought, boy, if I have to like move out of our house and go to a tiny apartment with him, this is just, it's just not going to work. And that's when I made the decision that I was, that I was going to leave because I did not want to model to my kids. I was like, if I leave now, I can teach them maybe that it is okay to leave a toxic relationship. But if I stay, what's going to happen in five years? Mm. And I had absolutely, I had so much nothing that, uh, <laughs> that, you know, my, my family and friends, they did help so that I could get a little apartment and, you know, um, co-signed leases and things like that. But I piggyed off, piggybacked off the, 
um, neighbor's internet and my kids kept going to the neighbor's house for dinner and then uh, this very nice Hungarian lady said to me well do you want to come too I said no and and um, she told me that my kids who are very talkative had told her that there was no food in, at home <laughs> so uh. um, so she kept inviting them and and I let them go and then one friend uh, Cuban American said to me why don't you apply for food stamps and I was like boy that's for poor people but then I'm like wait a minute I am poor <laughs> you know um, and I had to file for bankruptcy and you know I applied for food stamps for the girls and um, they got them and I also had to sell you know there was a month that I was about to be evicted and as much as my family did help but they also had their own things to take care of and I only had one thing left to sell, and that was a, a box of jewelry that, um, you know, when you move to a different country, even though this is my country too, but I'm far from my family, and I had a box of jewelry that things my grandmother had given me, a ring that my grandfather was wearing when he died, stuff that my kids received when they were born, and I sold every single piece except for one ring from my grandmother, and with that, I paid the rent. I don't wear gold anymore. I just, you know, I, um, I got so much help. You know, when people say, I'm self-made, I did it all myself. Well, I did not. I got so much help in that time that I have made it a point to pay it back and pay it forward. And what happened in a nutshell was that I was applying for jobs, but I have never really had a job in my life by choice, which on looking back, when I was young, it seemed terrible that I was not able to hold a job. But, but then it was like, wow, but I made it with my talents working for me for 40 years. And in, in a time where, as I said, there was no internet, no cell phones, no, you know, even a fax machine that is now I see it's quite the feat. So I was unemployable, but through serendipity and just, you know, keeping my eyes open and not and, and really refusing. And there were hard moments. OK, there were days that I could not get out of bed, but there were also days where I put myself out there and I took care of myself, which I think is very important when you're going through a tough time. It might sound frivolous, but I went to a um, dance studio on Fridays to just keep myself going. And I, you know, I love dancing. And a young um, entrepreneur offered me to write for his blog. And it was just uh, a very, you know, not, not up my alley at all. It was a coupon site and I had to make it SEO friendly, search engine optimization friendly. I had no idea what that meant. Um, I was already 45 and, um, but I did it and he was paying me a very small amount of money, like $12 per blog. Now I make like 3000 per sponsored post blog on my own website. You know, that's crazy, but I was so happy that I was writing again. And that's when it clicked. I was like, whoa, I don't have to change my career. I just have to change how I do it. And then things happened very fast. I, I started uh, through people that I had met when I was writing for um, the Palm Beach Post in Florida before the recession, when the Internet started being, you know, a place for publication where where it was trendy to write online and publish, etc. People reached out to me and said, would you like to try this? Would you like to try that? And so I started, um, I had my own little website on a site that belonged to the New York Times back then. The selection process was so hard that I thought, if I don't get the, the, the gig, at least I will know everything I need to know about online publication. And I did, but I got the gig too. 
And then I, it was just like a snowball effect. Then I started um, writing for other publications. And then I, you know, uh, launched my own website when I turned 50 called Viva50.com well, in English and in Spanish. And while I thought I was writing for older women, it turns out that, especially on Instagram, for example, I have a lot of younger followers because they tell me that I help them feel that it is not so horrible to grow older. Mm. And I make a full-time living doing this. Um, I remarried. I found the love of my life. Um, and, um, and I'm happy. <laughs> I mean, I have my ups and downs. Life continues to throw curveballs as a parent and as a person. And, um, you know, as a life. Parent, <laughs> life, life, hey, you know, life, life, goodness. But it's, but, but, you know, it's, I cannot be more grateful really now on looking back because I can tell my own daughter who is 20 and going through a rough spot right now I said listen I went through this you can do this hmm. yeah I'm sure having your support means the world to her too yeah it actually does and I'm, I'm very grateful for the fact that she appreciates it so yeah 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 oh my gosh okay so do you have any specials or anything running if anyone's interested in connecting directly with you? You know what's really beautiful is that I have reached a point in my life where I don't feel I have to sell myself. So if people just want to follow me because they want to, they can find me at LorraineCLaddish.com or Google my name, Lorraine Laddish, and they will find me in many, many places online. <laughs> I know. I loved your article, by the way, on um, which one? What was it? Reinventing over your fifties. Um, I think I I'm I'm messing this up. I'm slaughtering this. It's okay. I I put out so much content that I I don't even know. I forget what I what I put out there. But um, but it is you know I the one thing is because I work with sponsors the I don't have to sell like I all my content is free for everybody. Except yes. for a book, maybe that people will have to pay for it. But I know I literally, but I was looking and I'm like, she's, <laughs> she's not 50. There's no way she's 50. But it was a picture I'm of you doing 60. Some, I know. And it's a picture of you doing some yoga pose. And I'm like, oh my gosh, talk about goals. And you know what's funny is that um, a lot of arm balances that I post that are complex poses, I didn't start doing that until I, until I was 52. So, um, so for me, that's, you know, it's, it's interesting that we have this idea in our heads of like, I forget how old I am very often. Like I, I talk about it a lot online, but as a, as me everyday living, it's not on, on the forefront of my mind at all. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, you can tell. <laughs> well, and I feel, what's that, what's that saying? Um, you're only as old as you feel, or you act or something. I feel, I was just talking to my husband about this last week. I feel like uh -huh. we... You know, certain people, you look at them and they can be the exact same age, right? And one is mm -hmm. you, who's like fly hot mama on all these hand things Thank that 20-year-olds can't do, right? <laughs> and then there's someone that's the exact same age that has been like, oh, what well, was me? My body's failing yeah. me. And they're a hot mess yeah. and they're in the hospital all the time. And it really is like so yeah. much mindset and how you act and how you feel about yourself that portrays out to the world. And it's just, it's proven time and time again, it just very inspiring for the younger generation to be like you know change it but see i have my inspirations too i look up to women who are in their 60s 70s and 80s um some of them in person friends and they are just 
right there with me doing, you know, practicing yoga or, or being energetic and youthful. In my own father, who is 83, we talk on, he lives in Spain, he's a writer, and we talk on the phone very often. Um, every, I mean, very, several times a week. And his, it's, it's the energy. It's the energy, um, I think, that people interact with, not your age. Yeah. You know, I have to share a story. So there's a client and she now has become like a second mother to me. Um, uh, but she came here from Texas and she came to one of my workshops that I did. And it was actually a Reiki workshop. It was not for yoga. Mm, and she mm-hmm. could not sit on the ground. She had just flown in from Texas. She was sitting on this chair in the back of the room, could barely move. She's like, oh, my knees are really bad. I, I'll never be able to do yoga, this, this, and that. Well, she started coming to yoga classes. And this woman is the most determined woman I've ever met. She's 72. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she's gorgeous. She has the mentality of like a 30 year old, but she's super fun, just has that bubbly, you know, love for life. And mm-hmm. so she's in there with, you know, 20, 30 year olds and they're complaining and they're, we always do a peak pose, you know, like an inning flow. And mm-hmm. <laughs> out of nowhere, this woman, I, I almost passed out on my mat. She, she <laughs> keep in mind, she like could not move. She's been taking classes mm-hmm. for a few months. I look over and she is in full wheel pose with one leg up. Whoa. And I'm like, oh boy. what is happening right now? <laughs> like, are you just going to show us all up in here? Like, mm-hmm. and she's like, I just mm-hmm. made the decision. And she's like, and now I can do yeah. it. And I'm like, you just made the decision. She goes, yeah, that's all you have to do. And I was like, yeah. uh, just like, so matter of fact, like, yep, I decided to. And here I am. And, and everyone else in there is like, how are you doing that? Like, it was just, but it just, you know, the mindset and making that choice to just show up and do it. I was just beside myself. And I'm like, I want to be you when I grow up. Yeah. Well, you know, when people tell me that, because some people do tell me I want to be like you when I grow up and I'm. I say, no, you want to be you when you grow up, the best version of you. Yes. We can be. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you so much and taking the time to be here with me today and being patient with me on getting My here. My pleasure. Yes. My pleasure. And I encourage the audience to go check out. She has so many inspiring articles and so many amazing spots to find her that you will walk away so inspired and just ready to rock and roll. So, ah, thank you for just shining your light. And thank you. you. Thank yes. You. Yes. And thank we will you. talk soon. Thank you. Take care. You too. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you have a takeaway or something from the conversation that really just resonated within your heart center, I would love to hear about it. Please leave it in the comment section so we can give you more of this content. As always, please subscribe, save, and sharing is caring. We love you to pieces. Have a beautiful and blessed day.